in the building. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Give our God praise. He's worthy of all the praise. Dear God, we pray that you would inhabit this place. For you, Lord God, are the fortifier of our salvation. You are our lead, our guide, and we put all of our trust in thee. For there is none like you anywhere. Mm. Be present now, Father, even through your word, to heal, deliver, and make your people whole. You know our thoughts, our concerns. Yes, Lord, you even know our issues. Help us right there. Mm, Father, speak now, I pray, into the hearts of the hearers. And Father, we shall identify with your word that after hearing and receiving your word, we shall be transformed by your word. Use me now, I pray, dear God, to speak effectively and efficiently, even in delivering this, your word. Cause it to be incredibly relevant and significant to each and every hearer. And I thank you in advance for it so very much. In Christ's name I pray. Thank God. Amen. Those of you, my goodness, you all look good today. Amen. Those of you who have your word, whether electronically or paper, let's go to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter 1. We're going to begin there at verse 1, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and then we're going to read from verses 18 through 25. And as is our custom, when you have that, please say, I have arrived. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. 
and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. And the word of the Lord is blessed. You may have your seat. It is incredibly important to hear the word of God and to receive it with clarity of understanding. Hear, understand. And the next thing that is absolutely necessary in order for you to receive the blessings of the Lord is that you adhere to the word of God. Mm-hmm that you adhere or perform or do, that you have it, the Word of God, operating in your life. Why? Come on and ask me why. It is important and necessary for you to hear and receive it with understanding so that you can adhere, so that you will be transformed by the Word of God or transformed by God's Word. It is difficult to be transformed into something that you cannot receive with understanding. You must understand. And so this is why it's so incredibly important that we read the Word of God or that we be able to discern the voice of God because we know that in this day and age, God does still speak to us through the written Word. Mm-hmm. Come on, can I get one more amen? But God also speaks to us as he did speak to Joseph here. He speaks to us even while we're asleep. He wasn't reading the Bible, but he sent his word through his holy messenger, the angel. Angels Angels are actually messengers of God. Chances are, or the understanding, that on this particular occasion, that angel probably was Gabriel. Amen. And so he spoke a word. In the time where Joseph was going through something critical. Have you ever been there when you were going through something critical and God spoke a word in your life? And so... Even in the dream, Joseph heard the word, understood clearly the word, and then he adhered to the word. And when he heard, understood, 
and set forth or said, yes, Lord, I'll go. Yes, Lord, I'll do. Yes, Lord, I'll obey. He was then transformed into the truth of that word. That's when he got free. When you are a doer of a word or of God's word and not simply a hearer. Mm -hmm. When you are a doer of God's word and not simply a hearer. And when this happened, Joseph was transformed by the word of God. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject. Transformed by God's word. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them, you must be, you have got to be transformed by God's word. Ah, we're going to talk about that today. Transformed by God's word. When I think of Christmas, and we know that Christmas, as I said earlier, was on yesterday. Yesterday, uh, December 25th. Today is December 26th. In the year of our Lord and Savior, 2021, we celebrated Christmas. There was an exchange of gifts, and we do that in remembrance that the greatest gift was given to us. And so in honor and respect, we give gifts to one another. Ah, no doubt you had some beautiful decor in your house. There was some glitter, there was some red, there was some green, even as we have here on the podium here, uh, in the pulpit, green and red, green. I know the world may assign its meaning to different things, but to me, the greenery, the, the trees, the shrubs, the, we have no trees, <laughs> the shrubs, the, are these shrubs? Plants. whether real or plastic, they're green. Green represents life, the giving of life, alive, brilliant, bright, active. Red, are those poinsettias? Red represents the blood of Christ. It's all about the blood. The blood is what freed us. The blood is what gave us a right to salvation. Oh, somebody ought to get excited right there. And it's because of his blood, now we can have life. And that more abundantly. And so when I think of Christmas, I think of the faithfulness of God and of the fact that he is able to perform whatever he says he will do, whether it's natural or spiritual. If God says he's going to do it, he will do it. Ah. Even here, we say, we see that this word is the fulfillment. It is the fulfillment of a promise that God made so long ago. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. It's going to make sense after a while. And so all of this, because God is forever faithful. Come on and say, God is forever faithful. This means that it would benefit you or us to always believe God's word, 
to always believe God's word. If God said it, I believe it. Even when it doesn't make sense, I believe it. And this is the key to your transformation, to your change. Jesus says himself in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, as Mark records his word, says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. If you can believe this truth, then to you all things are possible. In other words, nothing is impossible for God to do. That was a story that was set in a young man, a boy, that was plagued with demons. And uh, the father comes to Jesus and asks him to cast out the devils in his son because his disciples were not able to. And Jesus said, bring him here. And Jesus uh, said to him, if you can believe, then even this is possible. And so Jesus spoke the word, cast the devil out of that child. And for a little while, the Bible says the the, the, the demons tore him. What it really, it meant like a rag doll. They tossed him around, threw him in the water, in the fire, so forth and so on. But eventually, a short time, that demon had to come out. Why am I saying this? Because God's word is forever faithful. Sometimes you got to hold on to that word. You've got to endure. Whew, hallelujah. But God's word shall come to pass. Because he's faithful to perform his word. And so we see that the book of Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus. This is important because, once again, it proves that God is faithful and able to perform with precision. Come on and say with precision. He'll do it just like he said he was going to do it. With precision, his word. Matthew 1 and 1, as we just read, the book of generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Jesus is the fulfillment of the covenant promise of, or to Abraham and to King David. He made that promise a long time ago before Jesus arrived through the birthing process. Hallelujah. Jesus, God declares these words. Genesis chapter 12 and 3 says, and I will bless them that bless thee. He was talking about Abraham. And curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed this day on Christmas morning was to be answered. And then with David, Psalms 89 verses 3 and 4. He says, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. In other words, through you and even back going through Abraham, of which David was a product of uh, the genealogy or the lineage of Abraham, I'm going to bless through your loins that the Savior, Jesus, would be born. And so God was talking about 
the 40 and two generations from Abraham all the way to the birthing of Jesus, even crossing through or coming through David, God fulfilled his promise. And that, again, lets us know that it may take a while for God's word to be fulfilled, but his word will be fulfilled. If God says it, it's going to come to pass. Hallelujah. And when God blesses, it's able to bless not only you, but your children also, your children's children. There's a process that God flows through, that through that process, everybody gets blessed. He's able to do this. And so, this actually should excite each of us here today because it means that God will find a way to get that promise that he made to you. Even he, he will get it to you even if the enemy is trying to kill your dream seed. God is still able to perform it. You all remember the story of how when Jesus was born, King Herod faked it. Act like he too wanted to worship the newborn Christ child. But he was lying. He wanted to kill him. And so he, he researched and saw around the time that Jesus was born, he sent word to kill every male child because he wanted to kill that dream seed. Because he wanted to kill the promise that was made to you. But hallelujah, when God is in charge, nothing can stop him. His will shall be done. I come to let you know today that God gave you word some years ago. God gave you word some months ago. God gave you word a little while ago. And if you, my God, if you be not weary in well-doing, it's going to come to pass. You must make sure that you do not become worried or wearied. The word weary there literally means faint or weak to the point that you give up. Galatians 6 and 9. Why do I feel like I'm just telling y'all stuff you already know? I'm trying to help somebody today. Galatians 6 and 9 says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, what season? In due season, we shall reap or receive if we faint not. Did you all hear what the word of God said? Don't allow yourself to question, is God really going to do it? Don't allow yourself to become weak in your waiting or faint. It literally, it literally means weak or faint. Look at somebody say, stand strong in the word of the Lord because it's transforming. The word of God is transforming. We see it. We see it here with Joseph. Actually, we see it with Mary. But our focus today is Joseph. In uh, 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 here, uh, the word of God we're looking at the transforming power of God. And so as I said, the title of our message today is The Transforming Power of God or Transformed by God's Power. By God's Word, excuse me. Transformed by God's Word. That's the thing that's going to really make the difference. And in the story today, God was about to fulfill an age-old promise Anybody still have an age-old promise that you still trust that he's going to bring you through? 
Did the word of God come saying your children are not going to be saved? Did the word of God come saying you're going to be healed, delivered, made whole, set free? Or some other word that you're still holding on to and believing? Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't be weary in your well-doing. If, if you do not faint, you're going to receive that promise. Glory. That's a good time. This is a good place to give God praise right now. Hold on. <laughs> there's, a, there's a saying that I have that many people know. It's hold on and don't let go. Oftentimes, as I've heard many times before, I say, you're still holding on? And then I say, well, keep on keeping on. Look at somebody and tell them, keep on keeping on. Praise God. God was about to send his son Jesus through that birthing process as a human man-child into the world to save mankind from eternal damnation. You all know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know that. And so here we see in the story, Mary at first was confused because she didn't understand what the angel was saying to her. Mary, you're going to bring forth a child. It's going to be the son of God. What? What you talking about? I don't know. I've never known a man. I'm espoused or engaged to Joseph. We've never been together. That's what you were saying. How can I be pregnant? This is of the Holy Ghost. But you see, she was a devout and holy woman. She understood as was taught that one day a virgin would give birth to a child. So she had some foreknowledge, but she never thought it was her. So she didn't understand. God will speak some. Don't, don't tell me that you understand everything that God says to you. I'm confident that there's some things that God spoke into your spirit or caused you just to, just to know. He gave you revelation just to know, and you still don't understand it, but it's going to make sense after a while. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's going to make sense after a while. And usually it doesn't make sense to us because we, we have the same mentality that Mary had. We look at it from a human perspective. What are you talking about? The only way I can be pregnant is that I get with a man, and I've never been with a man. It doesn't make sense. What are you talking about? And so it is when God speaks something into your spirit. Just receive it. Whether you receive it or not, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't even know why. How many know that God's been so good to you and you still can't figure out why? Because you know you. You know you, but you don't know God like God knows you. Hallelujah. Mm. And so Mary, when the angel came, she accepted what the angel said because she was a devout woman. She was a godly woman. She might not have understood it all, but because God said it, she accepted it. When God speaks to your spirit, regardless of your understanding level or not, just simply accept it. Receive it. Praise the Lord. Now Joseph, on the other hand, this is the focus of the message today. Joseph was dealing with this matter before the angel actually appeared in his dream. Joseph Apparently, 
the angel spoke to Mary, Mary tells Joseph, and Joseph said, what in the world? What kind of mess is this? What you talking about, woman? We haven't been together. So it didn't make sense to him. See, God can work through your situation even though you don't understand everything. God's ability is not hindered by your understanding or the lack thereof. Not at all. So Joseph was perplexed. He was stumped. I might even use the word dumbfounded. Because to him, you ever dealt with logical people? Everything has to be logical, like Spark. I know I'm going back a while. But one plus one must equal two. And right now, I can't see how one plus one is going to add up to two. It doesn't make sense. All I know is she told me she was pregnant, and I know it ain't me. And so the Bible says he thought to put her away. Now, one thing I got to say about him, even in his decision-making, he was still godly. He wasn't going to embarrass him. How many know that just because somebody does something wrong to you, you don't have to put them on Facebook? Well, why y'all do that then? All right, it's truth time. Somebody did you wrong. You go on Facebook and you make your little remark and you think that just because you don't put their name on it, nobody will ever know. But you forget that you told all your friends, you told all your frenemies, so that when they see the post, everybody know who you're talking about. But Joseph refused to put her on blast. Give me just, let me, let me just hear just one more amen. If you're going to keep it between you and Jesus, then keep it between you and Jesus, not you, Facebook, and Jesus. All righty then. I didn't get too many amens with that. But God knew Joseph's heart. See, God knows the right time to talk to you. God knows the time that you're receptive to hear. Let me, let me make this plain. When you're in the crux of your theory, do you want to hear someone tell you or correct you? <laughs> All the real saved folks said, I want to hear that. Right now, I'm happy to be mad. But you see, God knows when you're most receptive to hear, to understand, so that you can adhere to his word. And so God waits till Joseph falls asleep. I can't attest to you, but many times it's in the morning in that time, I think it's called twilight, when God speaks to me really well, and I get it. I wake up. I receive many revelations at that time that I heard, I understood, and I adhered to that word, and because of it, my life was saved. My marriage was saved. My fortune was saved. God will come to you in the right time. 
So it says, while he was dreaming, while he thought on these things. Now, you know this thing really bothered him because before he went to bed, he was dealing with this thing. But while he was sleeping, the angel came and explained to him what would happen next would be his salvation. Because when the angel explained to him, it still didn't make sense to him. How could this be? But he received the word of God as truth. And because of that, he was transformed by the truth that he heard. I said he was transformed by the truth that he heard. Mm. What do you do when what God tells you makes no common or human sense? Because God will tell you things that make no common sense, no human sense. But I come to tell you today that you can no longer afford to be carnally minded because it will cause you to refuse the spiritual aspect of what God is saying. The Bible says to be carnally minded is enmity or enemy against God. Ah. Am I making sense? You will say things like, it's not fair because of what you're going through. you got to realize that whatever you're going through, wherever you are, you're still blessed and God is watching over you. There are some things that if you didn't go through that now, you wouldn't be able to deal with what's up the road later. If you didn't deal with the pain of what you're experiencing now, there will be no greater blessing for you in tomorrow. What did you say? Prove it by the Bible. In order for us to have salvation, Jesus had to endure the pain, the frustration, the shame, the embarrassment of the what? The cross, so that in the future we would have a right to eternal joy, a right to eternal peace. But the pain came first. Don't tell me that if God loved you so much, he wouldn't let you go through. No, he does allow you to go through because he loves you. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to, now, hold on, I'm, I'm not any different from anybody else. I don't appreciate pain. What's that phrase that someone that really enjoys pain? Well, apparently we don't have any one of them here. <laughs> I'm not one of those. But what do you do when what God tells you makes no common sense? Common, understandable to the average guy, to the regular guy. Common, or those that you are in commune with, the talk of the town. Everybody understands that this is the way it is. That's common. But what do you do when God tells you something that goes against the grain of society? When everybody does it, but God says to you, don't do that. When everyone indulges because it's the end thing, but God says, not you. What do you do? And there will be times 
that God will tell you not to do something, that it might not even be a sin, but God knows that you can't handle this. <laughs> Is this making any sense? Because I don't have a whole lot of time to explain it, but I will if you really want me to. So, see, everybody, you can go to a party and everybody's doing this, you can do this, you know, just because it's lawful doesn't mean it's legal for you. And the power is in knowing what God says or releases you to do. Everybody else can go into the bar and pass out tracks, but not you. And we're not going to get into that. Praise the Lord. Are you still listening? So we cannot afford to be so carnally minded that we refuse to be spiritually minded. We must be discerning what happened to Joseph and even Mary was spiritually discerned. The spirit of the Lord or the angels was sent to speak something to them that went, that went against the natural grain of things. We live in two dimensions. We live in the natural dimension and we live in the spirit dimension or realm. Praise God. Joseph was transformed by God's word. It made the total difference to him. My prayer for each of you today is that you're able to spiritually discern what God is saying, even when it goes against what society is doing. It doesn't have to make natural sense as long as it makes spiritual sense. And if you really want to know, the spiritual is more relevant and important and key to your eternal life than the natural. It's just that you are more accustomed to the natural. But we must become more spiritual. That's why the Bible says, let he who is spiritual Restore such a one. It didn't say, let he who is natural, let he who is gifted in understanding logic and psychiatry and philosophy, didn't say that. But those that are spiritual, praise to God, praise God. We must become more spiritual. How do you become more spiritual? By reading God's word, by seeking his face, by praying, by fasting. By giving God more quality time. Hallelujah. We say, oh, I'll let the Bible read itself to me. And that's what we do while we're watching a movie. While we're watching this or doing that. You all know what I'm talking about. How many have Bibles that if you push the button, that Bible will talk to you? We turn it on while we turn ourselves off. But we get to say, I heard the word. But we didn't hear it to the point that we were able to heed because it was another noise in the background. We have to give it time and attention. We must give God. Why, why, why am I preaching this way today? Surely there's no one here that is guilty of such. But we must give God the time. Hallelujah. And hear him. But this was the saving grace 
to Joseph. And, you know, we get to look at this in retrospect. But if this would not have happened to Joseph, if Joseph wasn't able to spiritually discern what was going on, he perhaps would have lost his mind. Who's been messing with my girl? She knows I love her. How could she do this to me? What's going on? <clears throat> Remember, Joseph, there was a promise long ago. God said he was going to do this, and this is the fulfillment of that. But in order to hear that and understand it, he had to hear with understanding the word of God before he could walk in the power of that word. That's why sometimes you've got to quiet yourself. In every day, there ought to be times, plural, where you steal away and simply listen to hear what God has to say to you. Is this making any sense? And because of this, Joseph was transformed by what he heard the angel say. Joseph, it's all right. This is that which was promised. It's all right. And gave him instructions. Don't come near it. Don't mess with her. This is of God. But then after the child is born, now you take her as your wife. He was espoused to her. I know the Bible says that, you know, he was her husband. But that doesn't literally mean that they, uh, that the matrimonial ceremonial uh, aspect of it had been taken care of. She was promised to him. And so they were engaged or espoused. He did not know her. The word know in the Bible always is a word of intimacy. Into you I can see. I see the heart of you. Knowing. To know means into you I can see. I can see in you. Therefore, I see truth, not the exterior of you. How many know people will lie to you from their lips? But until you get into the depth of their heart, you don't know the truth of them. Mm. That's why it's important to look into the eyes because the eyes is the highway to the heart. Ah. Joseph was transformed by this truth. It caused him not to lose his mind. When God speaks to you, it will cause you and help you not to lose your mind because I've got a word from God, and I believe that word. He was transformed by God's word because he was yielded to the will of God. He always wanted to be in the will of God. How many want to be in the will of God today? The only way you can, first of all, be in the will of God is that you know what God's will is. That means you've got to spend time with him. That means you've got to hear and understand what God's will for your life is in order for you to yield to his will. Joseph was transformed by God's word because he wanted to please God. I don't know about you, but I want to please God in all that I do. Something may be tempting, and it may give me a temporary feeling of elation, but if it doesn't please God, I don't want it. Through temptation, I may want it, but because my love for God is greater, if it doesn't please God, I don't want it. That must be your attitude. <clears throat> it's all right even to think that way and to ask, Father, does this please you if I do this? And God's not going to lie to you. You might lie to you by trying to overspeak God, but it's not the voice of God. 
Joseph was transformed by God's word because he wanted, as I said, to please God. He was transformed by God's word because he believed the word of the Lord as was spoken to him by the angels. You must humble yourself to the point that whatever God says, I receive it as true. Because you can hear, I don't know how many people there have been, they've heard God speak to them, and, and they, one of the first things they'll say is, hmm, the devil is a liar. It's not because it wasn't God that spoke, it's because that they do not want to receive that, because it's contrary to what they want. If you want to live long and prosper, let God's will be your will. It's quiet in the house. But Joseph is challenged by this information that the angel uh, gives him. Because he is a man of God, but because he's a man of God and a man of faith, he obeys. Now we talk about hearing, we talk about understanding, and we talk about adhering to. But I come to tell you, if you know that God is speaking and this is the word of the Lord, <laughs> Even if you don't understand it, you've got to obey it. And this is another power of Joseph. He obeyed God's word. And he didn't wait a day or two to decide. Apparently, right then, when he received that word, he was quick to obey the word of God. All right, that's it. That's it. And how many know even when you make a decision to obey God, every now and then that question tries to seep up to the top of you, the surface of your mind? You know what you got to do? You got to put that thought away. No, no, no. The devil is a lie. No, I believe God. See, this is sort of where the man says, Jesus, even the story that we talked about uh, earlier about the man whose son was... Um, infected with the demon. He says, if you believe, all things are possible unto you. And what was, note, note, his, note, his, note his response. He says, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. And if all of us would be true to us, to ourselves, when God speaks to us, you know that when you say yes, sometimes that questioning spirit will come to you. Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I know this is you, but my mind or the enemy is trying to tempt me to question you. So you've got to know what God says and stand firm on that word. That's why we have to live holy. And I'm, I'm about to close. I'm about to close. That's why we must live holy and be righteous at all times. Because Joseph, even though, even though he endured this process, he loved God. And Joseph was a righteous man. The Bible lets us know he was a righteous man. Yet he was tempted to put his, his, his fiancé away. He was tempted. But then he heard God's word. So, one of the things that helped him to do the right thing was that he was a righteous and a just man, the Bible says, who truly loved Mary. Hear this. True love 
will cause you to reconsider taking foolish and harmful or sinful action. True love. Because your love is greater than your desire to do foolishness. True love. Come on and say true love. Not talking about worldly love. Talking about the God kind of love. Amen. The God kind of love. Ah. I've come to a conclusion that there are two major reasons why a person commits any sin. Number one is lust, which is unlawful desire. And number two is revenge. There may be others, but this is the conclusion that I come to. Lust or revenge. I'm not going to talk about all that. You can think on it later. Lust or revenge. The desire of the unlawful, that which is wrong, or you want to get even. Have you ever really wanted to get even with someone? In the end, it will cause you pain because there are consequences always to sin. Mm. And number two, Joseph was receptive to the word of God. He actually wanted to know God's take on this thing. Mm. It really mattered. It was important to him what God thought. Number three, this is the part that I'm going to close after my other part. Joseph was obedient to God's word. Matthew 1 and 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. So he didn't put her away, even though his first thoughts was to do so. Because the angel of the Lord, which speaks the word of the Lord, told him to do that. And finally, with all of this, Joseph was a disciplined man. Mm. An undisciplined man is a man that cannot be trusted. An undisciplined woman is a woman that cannot be trusted. Because they will go with the flow of their emotions. Because they will go with the flow of what feels good now. You cannot afford in this time to be undisciplined. He had self-discipline. Matthew 1 and 25. And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus, I'm closing. In this time, one of your greatest assets will be to be self-disciplined. Don't expect the angels to come down and slap you around and make you do what's right. You have a choice. Don't expect your bestie to call you up when you are on the periphery of doing something wrong. You must be self-disciplined. You know what's right, but you must do what's right. You must always be aware that your desire is to please God, to do His will. Mm. Joseph was self-disciplined. Because he loved God. Because he wanted to please God. 
this is my desire. I want to see and hear Jesus say, uh, well done. Enter in, my good and faithful servant. Self-discipline. No one is going to make you do right. You're grown. You have a choice. But we must do what we know is right. I heard God. You're guilty of knowing truth. Mm. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Everyone. This is the word of the Lord for you on this 26th day of December in the year of our Lord 2021. On this coming Friday, we're going to move at midnight across the river into a brand new year. When you step over, you want to be self-disciplined before you get over. You want to have your relationship with God intact, loving on Him, believing and trusting in His Word. Don't wait. And say, I've got one more person to get even with. No, that's revenge. Don't wait and say, before I get over, I'm going to eat all the cake and ice cream that I can get in my belly. Because when I get over into the new year, I'm going to abstain from all dessert. Nope, you're probably lying to yourself. Because what you are just before you step over. Is what you are when you get over. And it's spiritual self-discipline that's going to help you and cause you to do the right thing. You must be transformed by the word of God now. Father, I thank you. I've done the very best I could under the present condition to convey to your people that we must be conformed by divine truth. We must be transformed by divine truth. Lord God, help us to walk in the power of your holy word. That all that we do and say would be holy and pleasing unto you. Father, we're about to enter into a brand new year. Help us to be right in our approach. Help us to be right while we're stepping over, that we may be right when we get over. Ah, God, and we thank you for it so very much. Transformed by, the, by God's holy word. Amen. Come on and give God praise all over the building.